Before we get started, we'd like to turn your attention to this February's brand new sponsor, Scotch Tape. Last February, our big sponsor was Irish Tape, and we we're a huge proponent of Irish Tape. Well, that is out there off the charts. We're now with Scotch Tape, classic Scotch Tape. Do you need to tape something to your wall? Go with Scotch Tape. It's the superior tape of the Scotch Seas. All right, so... <laughs> Uh, I'd like to bring some attention first, Raymond. Uh, we're going to talk about this in depth more, but we have a brand new Instagram page at the Goldcast. Uh, exactly what it sounds. It's at the Goldcast. This is links also to our facebook.com slash the Goldcast page, but our brand new Instagram page. If you want like daily news bites, on what's happening with your favorite various sports teams, uh, in particular, the 49ers, the Giants, and the Warriors. This is probably going to be like one of our last 49er-centric pods for a while. You know, probably starting next week, we're going to really start to focus on um, our beloved Warriors and then not too long from now, the San Francisco Giants. I can't wait. Almost back. But we have a brand new page where you can find awesome little updates and snippets that's run by you, right? Right? That is. It is run by me. Yep. So check it out at the Goldcast. You can see it there. Um, share it, like it, subscribe to it. Check it out. Raymond, tell them where else they can find us. Well, as you guys may have heard uh, just a few seconds ago, this is also linked to our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash the Goldcast. It's also Instagram is also linked to our Twitter page at the Goldcast underscore. Make sure to add the underscore on the Twitter page. And you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher. Those are the three big ones because if you're a fan and you listen to the show and you want multiple ways to listen to the show, like if you are if you have Android, then iTunes is not available to you, then you definitely want to go YouTube or Stitcher. That's the best way to get notifications when the show is live after our recordings and we post them up on the web. So iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, that's all under the same moniker, The Goldcast. And that's how to stay connected, whether it's uh, news bites via pictures on Instagram or full-on articles on the Gold Pass Fa- Goldcast Facebook page and a mixture of the two on Twitter. Absolutely. Definitely check those out. We normally release – we're a little late this week. It was just kind of due to some scheduling stuff. But normally we release uh, an episode. Usually we record another Sunday or Monday night for a release of Monday or Tuesday morning. This will be dropping on Wednesday. which Well, it will be dropping tonight, but you will probably won't be hearing it till Wednesday morning. We're normally a little bit earlier than this, but it was just kind of a scheduling thing this week. So – we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. You know, you know, there's not a whole lot to be said about it from us in terms of, you know, it, really what we're going to talk about is how this affects Joe Montana. That's really the conversation we're going to have. Then we're going to get into the exciting, super, super exciting news that our brand new head coach, Kyle Shanahan, has officially been announced. So we're going to get into it starting right now. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! Man, Raymond, we are in uncharted territory 
Usually, you know, in years past, we'd always just followed the 49ers. But this this episode, I think, officially marks the of us entering into waters unknown. We've only ever covered the Super Bowl once because the Niners weren't in it. Uh, we only covered it, I think, three years ago, the very first year we did the Goldcast back when we were just on SoundCloud, right? Yeah. Thanks. SoundCloud. Yeah. I remember that. That was a long time. It feels like a million years ago. So, But starting next week, we'll have our first like full non-49ers pod that'll be focusing on the Golden State Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, so, but... But one more, the Super Bowl has come and gone. Um, a tremendous comeback. I always have said for years the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history was Super Bowl 23, the John Candy drive, Joe Montana taking the team down to defeat the Cincinnati Bengals in a game they were basically losing the entire time. The John Candy drive, the greatest drive of all time, greatest comeback drive. But. I don't. I. I. I think you kind of have to give the greatest comeback to Tom Brady now, considering it was a twenty-three point deficit in the fourth quarter. Had had Colin Kaepernick, had they allowed Colin Kaepernick to just run that ball in, we'd be talking about the greatest comeback happening in twenty twelve when it was like a thirty-two point deficit, or was it thirty-four? I can't remember anymore. The game's blocked out of my brain. It's twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. There you go. It was twenty-eight to three. They were down. They were down by twenty-six points entering the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, <clears throat> either way, the let's talk about this because this has kind of been the subject on a lot of people's, uh, you know, on their news feeds. And uh, let's talk about Joe Montana versus Tom Brady. I we I called you, and uh, you were still very heated on Sunday night about this. I love the energy and the passion, but I feel like, and it hurts my heart, but I feel like you have to give the goat moniker now to Joe uh, to, to Tom Brady. He has five Super Bowl rings. He, he, the only other man to have that many is Charles Haley. He was the first ever to have it. I, I do, I was frustrated that people incorrectly Coincidence, a former Niner. A former Niner who retired into the Hall of Fame as a 49er. Yes. And, uh, but he is the only, he is the first ever to have five rings. Tom Brady is now the second man ever to have five, five rings, but the first quarterback to have five rings, surpassing, uh, Joe Montana. I loved how, <laughs> Terry Bradshaw was like, even on ESPN, it was like, it was saying, I was looking in the newsfeed the next day and it was saying how Tom Brady has uh, passed Joe Montana in Super Bowls. There's no mention of Terry Bradshaw anywhere. I thought that was great. But you disagree. Is this true? What, what are your feelings now, Ray? You've had a couple days to digest. You've had a little time to, to, to let some emotions subside. Oh yeah, I still feel exactly the same. Emotions aside, you know, logic and reasoning is now taken over me, which usually is my natural state, but uh and I still feel the same way. I mean, it was uh, an unfortunate loss. The Falcons were controlling it the entire time and they really just kind of let things go in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure what happened. I think the defense got a little conservative and they started to just let everything fly. Oh, they, I think I they mean, got they were, tired too. I think the defense that just too, got tired. That too, the offense stalled as well, so there needed to be some adjustments. I mean, at the same time, it's hard to do that because when everything's working so well, you don't need to adjust, but there was a fourth quarter adjustment that needed to happen that never really happened at all. So it's unfortunate. And, you know, I think you you have to give – what you give Tom Brady is you give him – he's the most winningest quarterback in NFL history. He's got five rings. No one has five rings. No quarterback has five rings. The most ever, the most ever was four. 
They're now tied with the Niners and the Cowboys in terms of Super Bowl championships as a collective team. But there's one thing you can't take away from Joe Montana. And this is what I give back to the 49er faithful because they come first no matter who wins the Super Bowl and what records are set or what records surpass 49er greats. And that's, has Tom Brady ever thrown an interception in the Super Bowl? Yes, he has. In fact, he had a pick six on Sunday. Does Tom Brady have a 128 passer rating in the Super Bowl? The answer is no. He does not have that. Has Tom Brady ever lost a Super Bowl? Yes, he's lost two to little Eli Manning. So let's go ahead and let's go and ask those same questions on the Joe Montana side. Has Joe Montana ever thrown an interception? The answer is no. He has never thrown an interception in a Super Bowl. Does Joe Montana have a 127 or better passer rating in the Super Bowl? Yes, he does. In fact, it's 127.8, which is a record. No interceptions, also a record. Joe Montana has also never lost a Super Bowl, which is a tie with Terry Bradshaw because he never lost either. But we don't ever really count Terry Bradshaw because he was more or less a running game in defense. Joe was everything. So with that said, what we can say at this point is that Tom Brady is the most winningest quarterback in Super Bowl history because of he has rings. Sure, he has records too, but who cares? We're just talking about overall. We're just going bare bones here. But what we can say definitively and indisputably is that Joe Montana is the most perfect quarterback in Super Bowl history because he has fat zeros in all the right places. Never lost the Super Bowl never thrown an interception, and has a record 127.8 passer rating because of that. So, statistically, factually, truthfully, Joe Montana, I'm going to say it again, is the most perfect quarterback in Super Bowl history. Tom Brady's the most winningest because he has five rings. And that's it. That's all there is to it. I like that distinction. You know, I like that distinction. I think that's a very, it's, it's, uh, it's in no way inflated. I think it's a perfect distinction, and I like it. I support it. Brady most winning, Joe most perfect. Simple as that. Simple as that. Well done, Raymond. Well done. You have convinced me of the Joe Montana argument that you present. And you know what? Regardless, okay, fine. Tom Brady, sure, you could be the GOAT for everyone else. That's great. But you know the GOAT for me is always going to be Joe Montana. Always. That's right. And still... The undisputed champion of the world, Joe Montana. <laughs> Mike Buffer. That's right. All right, so let's move on. As featured on the on our Instagram page and our page at Facebook.com, we have posted up a really killer, killer infographic that is all about Kyle Shanahan and his fairly stellar resume. As announced today, Kyle Shanahan is officially the brand new head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. I am so excited. This is the best coach we've had since Jim Harbaugh. And he's and those two coaches are the best coaches we've had leading this team in over a decade. Would you agree with that, Ray? I would totally agree with that. So let's talk a little bit about this resume, Ray. Tell me some things that, that stand out to you on this resume right here. 
to me, it's the consistency of his offensive prowess. And that six out of the nine seasons he's been an offensive coordinator, his offense has ranked in the top 10 in the NFL in yards gained, uh, yards gained. And so in 2008 and 2009, he was the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. They were third and fourth that year. That was under Matt Schaub. Those were Matt Schaub's best years. Those were also Pro Bowl years too, or at least one of them was. They dipped a little. When he was in 2010, he took a big dip, dropping to 18th. That's because he was over at Washington. They They were still establishing quarterback situation over there. And then in 2012, so during that rebuilding process, this is when he was with his dad. He was there for five seasons, I believe. And then in 2011, they would drop to 16th. But then in 2012, they exploded to fifth. And that was because they got Robert Griffin III. He was Rookie of the Year that year. He had, gosh, uh, he had 3,200, over 3,200, or 3,200 yards passing that year. He had a couple guys. Uh there was a lot of uh, passing statistics that were re- good positive recipients of those co- of that quarterback play. In 2013, they were ninth. In 2014, they were 23rd. But then in 2015 and 2016, this is when he was with the Atlanta Falcons, they were seventh and second. So the very first years that he takes over in Atlanta, they immediately go from top 10 to top two. So th- this is this is really really consistent. When you are third, fourth, fifth, ninth, seventh, second, that is incredibly consistent. The only time he was not consistent is when there wasn't enough pieces, including quarterback, that could competently perform, you know, the duties of what his offensive scheme demands. That is extremely impressive. I'm really really excited, Kyle Shanahan. He has a lot of work in front of him, like no question. The thing that I am most curious about is what, how, how is he going to take this team that is just, I mean, bare bones is it needs work all over the place, Ray. You know, he what does he do in the draft? Where does he go? I'll tell you, my the person I want drafted first in the in the draft is Ruben Foster, that middle linebacker, because he's a beast and he's the best middle linebacker in all the draft, but. Here's the question. If he can't find a quarterback in this draft, where do we go? That's a good question because we know that Colin Kaepernick has decided to opt out of his contract. Obviously, the 49ers could re-sign him. I doubt that really happens. I think Kyle—I think Kyle, I think Colin is going to go explore the free agent market, and it's not a bad move on his part. Sure, he would have had a big check with us, but I'm not sure. I mean, who knows? Maybe he anticipated that Kyle and John Lynch were going to— you know, oust him. Who knows? I, I doubt that. You know, I don't think that would have happened. I think you got to work with what you've got. You know, because it's here's the thing. You can either have Colin Kaepernick groom the next guy or you can start from scratch. Now, if Colin leaves like like what seems to be the case, then the Niners have to start from scratch, which is a lot harder to do. I think it would have been a lot easier to have the quarterback come in, learn, learn a little bit under Kaepernick, let him sit down because that's a much better scenario. Brett Favre did that. He learned and got better. Steve Young did that. He became a champion. Uh, Tom Brady did that. He obviously became a tremendous champion. 
Aaron Rodgers did that. He became a champion. All mo- a lot of times when quarterbacks have time to groom, get groomed underneath an- another starting quarterback, it is easier for them to acclimate and then transition into the starting role versus being thrown at the wolves from the very beginning. Obviously, there's exceptions to that, but for the most part, the odds do favor you when you get to sit down and watch and learn. And I thought it would have been easier, even though everyone's saying like, oh, Kaepernick's gone, let's get rid of him. I, w- I was in favor of that because I'm like, okay, he, he played well under Chip, who runs a high-flying offense, who, who, who knew that. Even though he tailored the offense around Cap's skills and the players' skills and kind of had a more throwback West Coast offense, you know, and involved a balance attack of running and passing and utilizing the running. It was similar to Kyle Shanahan's, only Kyle Shanahan's was much more polished, much more refined. Obviously, he had more he had weapons. More, yeah. He had more, way more weapons in Atlanta. But you can see the same consistency when he was with the Houston Texans, when he was with the the Washington Redskins. He There was that same consistency over and over again where he really liked to utilize all the players because it keeps the defense off balance. It's a very smart scheme. It's a very good scheme. It's a very pro, up-to-date scheme. So I think Colin Kaepernick would have thrived under that for sure. Uh, you know, If I was him, I would have stayed because you're only going to get better. But at the same time, you can't blame him. He's he's playing he's playing the odds in his favor because now he's put up a good year that's reminiscent to his stats in 2013. So he has more market value than he did last year, and it was just kind of plain stupid for him to even attempt that. So in this case, he, he's he's got a better run at the free agent market. But you know, so I don't know if I I think we have to draft. I don't know if we're going to draft first. And a quarterback, because everyone keeps saying the same thing, that the quarterback class this year is terrible. And that a lot of these guys, even the, the guys at the very top, the, the best projected of this class, are, are not going to go in the first round. If that's true, then you can place your bets in rounds two and three. I think I think that's what you need to do. John Lynch is going to hire the guys underneath him to go through that. He's got Adam Peters, obviously. That's going to be helping him spearhead that that whole thing because that's going to involve. That was one thing that Trent Balker was very good at was uh, getting picks, man, managing the picks very well, so that we always had a healthy amount of picks. And um, he put a huge emphasis on the line of scrimmage players, so defensive line and offensive line. That was his his big his whole thing for the whole time he was here. And the, the, he did relatively well. He got Pro Bowl offensive linemen and, and hopefully Pro Bowl defensive linemen that we have in divorce Buckner and Eric Armstead. So we'll have to see how that develops. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know, you know, uh, without a quarterback starting from scratch, I don't know if you keep a guy like Christian Ponder. I think you got a jettison Blaine Gabbert. He's just not there. I think you can maybe salvage Christian Ponder. That's, that's what I would do if I was, if I was Kyle Shanahan, but you know, he knows the sport obviously way better than me. So we'll have to just wait and see. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see for sure. I, I have no idea what he's going to do. Like I said, I want Ruben Foster. I think I think really that's who you go first. He's a killer middle linebacker. We need another middle linebacker. We need someone that Navarro Bowman can groom, and Ruben Foster is a beast. And I really believe that's who we should draft first. You, um, yeah, I, I got no problem with that. I mean, I, I like Ray Ray Armstrong. I think he's got good speed. He was a former defensive back. He got converted into middle linebacker, so he's got that lean lean build to him. He's also got really good speed, which means he can drop in coverage. I think he was a little bit a little bit suspect against the run but he was the he was the best guy that we had on the roster to start alongside Navarro Bowman and everyone else was just kind of a rotation throughout the year because no one could really keep pace and then when Bowman went down everything just went to hell I think it was going that way anyways but with that said I would 
be totally okay with that pick. We'll just have to see what John John Lynch is a defensive mind, so we'll see how him and Kyle put their heads together and and kind of evaluate the draft class and see like okay, what is our priority and who are the best players in these priorities in these rounds that we should be looking at. You know, that's obviously going to be what the the mindset, the perspective is. Is like you know, okay, we we have glaring issues here and here because right now they're probably just studying. I know John Lynch has been studying film, and now Kyle Shanahan's going to get up to speed and start studying film too so and evaluate the the roster and see where where the needs are because it's obviously a lot but i think you've got some pieces in place in the offensive line you've got some pieces in place on the defensive line you've got some pieces in place where you don't have pieces in play place are the wide receivers the cornerbacks the The safety quarterback quarterback obviously you know so you have a lot of a lot of different positions that need to get worked out linebacker is hurting really bad the corners did okay but i still think you you know you still need to develop there safeties eric reed has not been the same since his rookie year so i don't know about him either he gets better or you need to you know do away with him because i just haven't seen much of him him in his old form he hits hard but he he's no john lynch that's for sure yeah we'll have to see the I'm I'm curious to see the the next phase for the 49ers between now and the draft obviously is coordinators. They were talking about possible defensive coordinators. I know they were going to interview uh what's his name from the Pats, their their linebacker coach and, and they were possibly talking about co-defensive coordinators, which is a little strange. And then uh and then who's going to be the offensive coordinator underneath Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, you got me on that. It's 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 up in the air right now. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it shapes up because I don't, I don't know. I mean, you could see, you could see some people coming on board like, uh, like his, um, his quarterbacks coach. I know that both, uh, Matt LaFleur and Mike LaFleur they're one of them is going to the Rams as the offensive coordinator. I think it's Matt that's going to the Rams as the offensive quarter. And then Mike, the other brother is going to be coming with Kyle Shanahan to the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. It's a little confusing. Matt Mayoko had to clear it up. He had to use all caps just to clarify because everyone thought he was talking about the same person. He's like, how could he go to? How can he be an offensive coordinator for the Rams and then also be an offensive assistant for Kyle Shanahan on the 49ers? It doesn't make sense. So yeah, it was it was a brother a brother pair and they got split. Yeah, it's a brother pair and they did get split. Right. So. The offensive assistant Mike LaFleur is coming to the 49ers and Matt LaFleur is going to the Rams as the OC. And so is Mike going to be the new offensive coordinator? I'm not sure if I It's I not clear, right? They haven't cleared it's that. It's not clear yet. It, it nothing's been official, so we'll find out. There's a, an official press conference on Thursday for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, so I look forward to that. We do know that there's going to be an entire regime change because just a f- earlier, just a couple hours ago, the 49ers confirmed the release of their entire strength and conditioning staff. We know that health has been a huge issue the last three years. This past issue, they were up there among all the top teams, including Cleveland. I think Cleveland was the, had the most. But we were up there as having between uh, Cleveland, San Diego, and the 49ers, we had the most players on IR. Yeah, can we talk about that first of all? How you have been calling for the firing of our strength and conditioning coach and that program all year? You've actually you've called this all year long. You've been saying that that's who we should fire first. 
Yes, because it's obvious there's something something's not right. I know that they were really healthy with Jim Harbaugh in, in those years, and yeah, when you're winning and everything's clicking and you got Pro Bowl players, sure that happens. But when you have a huge a three year drought where guys just can't stay healthy to save their lives, then something's not there's there's some kind of disconnect with the processes the players have to go through in order to keep their bodies at tip top shape, and I don't think. Some of it is obviously just bad luck because it's the nature of the sport, but there's another part of it that we can also pin on the strength and conditioning staff. So I'm happy to see this. We know that the director of the strength and conditioning staff was released earlier uh, last week. It's that guy on the side, the little short, the little short stubby guy on the sidelines with the glasses that you guys may have seen on the, on the sidelines. He's always this really animated guy. He looked like he was like a defensive line coach or something like that, but he was st- the strength and conditioning director. And he'd been with the Niners for like nine years. But it was, man, the last two years have been really bad. Yeah, it's yeah, just really, really bad. bad. It's just time to go. I mean, usually your head coach brings in that kind of staff anyways because he knows people or John Lynch knows people. And so they're obviously going to put a huge emphasis on health. So I'm excited to see who they bring in because, you know, the health has got to get better. You're not going to win many games if half your defensive or more than half of your defensive starters are on IR. Same same can be said with, with any team and any side of the football offense or defense. Yep, exactly. No, it's a that's a huge move and I just I like the fact that he even pinpointed that. So far, what John Lynch has done, he's done a really good job of quelling my fears and making me feel like he he he's so so far so far so good. Let me just put it like that. So far so good. We'll see we'll see. We'll yeah. See. So, we'll see. I don't know if they're going we're going to bring everybody from Atlanta. I know Atlanta's going to be blocking Kyle so that he's not picking apart all of their staff because they want to retain some sort of continuity going into next year to compete. I know that Richard Smith is no longer the Atlanta Falcons defensive coordinator. And when you blow it in the Super Bowl, sure, I can definitely see that. i got a problem with that if you're an Atlanta fan. Brian Cox was also dismissed as the defensive line coach. So the fact that they couldn't get to Brady in the second half, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. You know, you, if, if you lose the big game like that and you lose in the fashion that the Falcons did, I'm sorry to go off tangent here for a little bit, but it's not a surprise that you see some guys cut immediately because it's like, hey, this is the big show and you can't screw up. Yeah, like like the uh, heads will roll, right? Heads will roll. Exactly. Yeah, I know that it, when Roger Craig was the running back for the 49ers, he had fumbled in the playoffs and then he got cut immediately after that and said you can't f- – they lost the game because of that turnover. And so he was cut uh, right after that. And they said, you know, you, you screw up in the big show, you're out. doesn't matter how good you are. And I think after that, Roger Craig went to like the Raiders or something like that. There it is, man. There it is. Well, the new era for the San Francisco 49ers begins. And uh, it, it, I'm going to tell you guys this 49er faithful right now. Understand that this is easily, without question, a two to three year commitment before we really see the tide turn. Don't forget that in Derek Carr's first year when he was uh, the starting quarterback for the Raiders, I think they only won three games that year. So, you know, it, 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 it's going to take time. Next year, if we could get to six and 10, I'll be very happy. If we can get to six and ten, that'll be awesome. And that'd then, be huge. Yeah, that'd be huge. It'd be huge. Second year, I think. I think you could see us starting to claw around between eight to nine gate wins, and maybe and maybe we're frisky. You know, maybe we're a little frisky. Maybe we're a hard out, but but still not quite getting it together. And then I think by year three, 
by year three, you could really see the 49ers turn this sucker around and and start to really contend. The great part is, is that you have the Seattle Seahawks who are on the tail end of their dominance. You know, they're, they're still struggling to put it together. Arizona, as long as they have Carson Palmer, I just don't expect them really to really make a run. I think they're the NFC West equivalent of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, a great coach, decent quarterback. But the tandem, to, the the pair together, is not enough. Not enough to take to the big game. In fact, I think they, they detract from one another. I really do think they're the NFC West version of the Kansas City Chiefs. So we are really in a unique position right now. The the Rams have no no draft picks next year. <laughs> no draft picks. <laughs> so that, that uh, good move on you. Hey, Jared Goff, way to go. But uh, no, they they don't have they don't have any draft picks. So you have they're in a position right now. The 49ers are in a position where we really could turn the tide around. We really could. So, but you have to be patient. 49er faithful, you have to be patient. You have to remember how this works. This works in a really simple way. Football, right? We, we only have about 50 years of football history. We're still such a young, a relatively young sport. And we're already seeing dynasties, dynasties. There's generally 10 uh, 10 to 40 year gaps between, no, I'm sorry, 20 to 40 year gaps between dynasties. There are big gaps between these things. All right. And when you, when a team is as beat up as our team is the rebuild model for it, you have to remember the team that was the team that Jim Harbaugh had the year, the year before Jim Harbaugh took over when Michael Singletary's final year, I remember watching on ESPN and they predicted that the 49ers we're going to be taking first in the NFC West. That with all the weapons they had on defense, all the weapons they had on offense, there was no reason this team shouldn't be first place in the NFC West. And then they were horrific, horrific that final Mike Singletary year. So the team that Jim Harbaugh in- inherited was really good. Scott McCloud had done a wonderful job when he wasn't boozing it up. He'd done a wonderful job of putting together a team that was filled with a bunch of pro bowlers, but they didn't have the coaches. Harbaugh took over and was immediately able to turn it around. That is not the situation with Kyle Shannon. Kyle Shannon does, has not inherited a Jim Harbaugh team. He has not inherited a bunch of pro bowlers without a leader. He's inherited a bunch of, of injured first stringers and second stringers that have basically been fed to the wolves for two years straight. You know, so this is not the same situation. We we will not be going to the NFC Championship next year. You have to be patient. You have to show this team the same amount of patience. You're going to be asking Jed York to show the coaches. Okay, you know we always talk about how little patience Jed York has and how critical they are. But what about the fans? Come on, Ray, back me up on this. The 49er faithful have been extremely impatient. Oh my God, they're they're you know it, we live in this era now where it's instant gratification and and before it, it wasn't like that because. We had to wait for mail to get to us from wherever it was being sent from. It was physically sent to us. Now we live in the email era where everything is in click away. You know, video games have obviously always been instant gratification, but now we have this era of generations that are growing up with the internet. So it's just instant information. Anything you want, you can get. Any you want to you want to learn something, you can find it instantly. You can you can learn it before your school teaches it to you. That's the kind of arrow that we went into. And naturally, we have this sort of people are developing this these these other generations below us before our generation are developing this sense of entitlement, this natural sense of entitlement where things should just happen. And that that is not the case with sports, especially when we're talking about the rise, the the, the ebb and flow of, of sports dynasties, sports dynasties, excuse me. And 
in this case here, you have a 2-14 and 14 team that has a brand-new coach, brand-new GM, brand-new staff. They just lost their the, the only competent quarterback they had on the staff. So now we're going down to the, the bottom of the barrel. This is like – think of this as like 2005 when we got Alex Smith. That's exactly the team that we have going in now. There's like small little flashes of – greatness that could that could you know turn into something great we don't know yet because we don't know how the staff is going to handle this team we don't know if Kyle Shanahan is going to be successful obviously we want him to be but first things first we have to let this first year come into its own you know Chip Kelly's team didn't really gel at all they were really really small inkling it, it was an incremental progress that they had throughout the year I could see it I saw it offensively more than defensively because there's just way too many injuries on that side of the football and nothing was able to really gel the way it could have and so with this regime I expect the same sort of transition where there's probably going to be some good things we're going to see on offense because there's already some pretty good pieces in place. You obviously have Carlos Hyde. You obviously have a pretty some pretty good backups underneath him and Sean Drone and Harris. So you have some pieces to work with there. You have a pretty good offensive line that really minimized the amount of sacks that our quarterbacks were taking up to that point. So there was a vast improvement on that side of the football. And you and the wide receivers are obviously hit and miss. We have no number one, no number two. Jeremy Curley was a very good, solid slot guy that I think you should keep around because you can do stuff with him. Maybe Quentin Patton, although I wouldn't be surprised if he was jettisoned as well. You have some guys coming off injury. Bruce Ellington, I think you should probably cut ties with him. He's just He's just a, a worthless wide receiver, and that's Trent Balky. He just can't pick wide receivers to save his life. No, not at all. You have Eric Rogers from the Arena League, who is the who is like you know the equivalent of a Pro Bowler over there. So he tore his ACL before he even saw the field this past season. So I'd be curious. I'd I'd say he deserves one more shot. That's even if the final if the 49ers even care to do that, if this new regime even cares to think outside the box like that. We know a lot of those projects did not come to fruition. We had the Olympian who didn't turn out to be very good. We had the Australian rugby player that didn't turn out to be very good. And we had an arena football player that tore his ACL before he even saw the field. So we have three strikes right there. I doubt that this new regime is going to be very keen to looking outside the box for talent like that, especially John. John Lynch strikes me as a guy who would be more keen on picking ta- proven talent or at least projected proven talent via the draft and free agency than trying to get some some Olympian who just has the size and, and has has the, the tools on paper. Yep, I agree. So I, either way, you got to wait. You, we, it's going to be about two years, two, uh, hopefully not too, too long, grueling years. I imagine this first year is going to be a lot of ups and downs. But I'm ho- I have a feeling we're going to see some pretty good things. But then again, I'm, I always take the optimistic side. But I think I'm with you on this one. Year two and year three is when we're going to really start to see things come together. Yeah, be patient. It, be patient. Expect four to six wins again. That's all we ask. Uh, and don't forget... Go, you, go to uh, – if you want to see that entire uh, resume from Kyle Shanahan, go to our Instagram page, uh, The Goldcast, at The Goldcast, or you can go on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, and you can see the entire uh, resume of Kyle Shanahan. It's pretty awesome. There's, there's a lot on there that we didn't cover in here, so definitely check it out. Don't forget to also uh, – you can add us on YouTube, iTunes, or Stitcher. Like Raymond said, if you have a droid – Stitcher and YouTube are the best places to find us. We uh, we always update the, both of those. And then if you have an iPhone, 
iTunes is the best place to find to find us on there. We will be adding a couple of more places very soon. I keep saying that. We just need to do it. <laughs> uh, we just need to make it happen. But uh, those will be up soon. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis, though I'm more active on the Goldcast Twitter page. It's kind of hard to bounce back between them. So I, I do spend most of my time doing sports-related tweets, Bay Area sports-related tweets via the actual, the Goldcast underscore at Twitter. So that's probably the best place, but you can also follow me and uh, on my personal Twitter page, which is at Ray Solis, and, uh, and that's the best place to find me. There you go. You can find me uh, at Rudy Solis third, Rudy Solis 3RD on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, you can always find me on those. I've got all, all my personal stuff there. Follow us. We'll follow you back for sure. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. Next week, we'll be back with some warrior-centric news. We are just, gosh, we're like, what, 12 weeks away from the start of the of the NBA playoffs, which I don't even know if we're 12 weeks away. I think we're a little bit shorter than that, maybe like 10 or 11 the Playoffs, weeks? they're in summer. No, 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 but the playoffs. June. Be- no, no, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. The championships in June. Yeah, yeah. The, the but the playoffs begin like mid-April. You know, we're we're not that far yeah, away. Spring. Yeah, spring. Right after uh, that that really boring uh, March Madness tournament. <laughs> you know, we're we're not college guys in terms of that is not. No, actually, the Bay the Bay Area in general is not a big college sports town. I mean, I think some people have a soft spot for the Bears, but that's about it. Yeah, and Stanford maybe. Well, it's, I I've mean, been to a Stanford game. There's actually a lot of fans that are hardcore into it. It's like a whole show out there if you go to a game. It is. I mean, it's a whole thing. But yeah, the, you know, that's the uh, that's the college cast. I don't know where it is, but uh, I'm sure those guys are great. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 more the 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 one the one game I went to the Stanford game, which was last year. Um, all I did was hang out in the parking lot. And everybody had like projected TVs set up, and they had their comfort their their comfortable chairs, their mimosas, and yeah, all we, all I did, I didn't even watch the game. I just drank and talked with people and met people I didn't know. And I was, and I, and I was with a couple of coworkers. They said, "Hey, we're gonna go to the game." I was like, "Sure." And as we walked to the stadium, we ran into some people that my coworkers knew, and they're like, "Hey, come back, hang out with us." And we're like, "Okay." And so we just drank with them, and that was it. And so I didn't see a, a lick of Stanford football. That's how much I cared. Did you did now? Did you guys have tickets to go into the stadium? And you guys, yes. Just- <laughs> We did. We just never went in. You just never went there inside. There were good seats too. Good seats. We, well, we I mean, or at least care. at least you think they were. You you can't really confirm. That's true. Uh, yeah, I I hope that they were good. I'm sure I would have had a good vantage point, but nobody cared enough to go inside. Everyone was just more preoccupied with socializing and drinking and eating. That's amazing. I love it. All right, so we'll be back next week. Uh, we maybe we'll we'll see if time permits. If time permits, maybe we can do Ray a mini a mini gold cast after Kyle Shanahan's press conference. If not, we'll definitely talk a little bit about it next week, but we'll see. We'll see if time permits, Raymond and I will do a mini, a mini gold cast to talk about. Uh, I think you can expect a mini one because I think the official thing is going to be said on Thursday. And that's the first time we're going to see Kyle Shanahan, you know, donning 49ers gear and same with John Lynch. And we're going to hear them talk together. So we're going to get our first glimpse into how, what their relationship's like and what their vision for the team is like. That's going to be the huge nugget to take away from Thursday. And that's only two days away. So, you know, the day our podcast goes live, which is probably be tomorrow, 
the very next day we're going to have our press conference. So we'll definitely be taking notes and listening in to see what they have to say. And then, uh, you know, we'll probably drop something on you guys uh, soon after that. Sounds good. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. And we are. Oh, I forgot to mention the Jay Cutler rumor. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. hey, it's not even worth it. It's not no. worth it. Let's hope he doesn't get signed. Yeah. yeah. This is, is the Goldcast. Cast.